The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of the district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus' homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're starting, uh, or we started last week, actually, this sermon series called Finding Faith on the Crazy Train, and, and the whole point behind it is that it seems like life right now is like we're all riding a crazy train, right? And we're just going off the rails. But as I said last week, the goal is that we can still find faith as we ride that crazy train. And one of the things that helps us find faith is that we learn how to pray. Now, I would suggest part of the crazy we're all feeling right now is that maybe we're not praying, right? Or, or, or we're not praying enough. Or, or, or we're just going through the motions of prayer. Or, you know, maybe what we're doing is um, praying and, and we don't think we get results and so we just give up. You don't have to raise your hands, but have you ever had that time where you're praying and it just seems like Jesus is ignoring you? right? We've all been there. We all have all experienced that. And that's why I love this story in the gospel today, because that's how it starts off. For whatever reason, Jesus is ignoring this poor woman. There, there she is. She's, she's crying out and pleading to him, and, and he's ignoring her. Well, what this gospel is going to do is teach us how to pray. But it's also going to teach us another thing. The other thing is that there is an underlying racial tension in this gospel reading, something that is also causing us a lot of stress in these days, in this society all around us. There's this underlying racial tension there because this woman is a Canaanite, and they are Jews, and Jews and Canaanites, like, "Uh uh-uh, did not at all get along. And so as she's crying out to Jesus, the disciples get annoyed with her, and they say, send her away. She's just a nuisance to them and a pagan nuisance at that. Now, you've got to ask yourself, send her away? Send her away? How, how can you say that? How can you not see a person, this fellow human being who's in deep distress, how can you not have mercy on her? Well, how, how cold were their hearts? But what is this crazy train doing to our hearts? What, what's it doing to us? Now, I know I'm hitting on a really hot topic here, uh, and I'm not about to say, you know, everyone is a racist. <laughs> no. But on the other hand, I think this story calls us now and always to a question, to ask ourselves, how do I see people? How do I see people? Because let's be honest, we all have that tendency in us 
to be drawn towards those people who are like us and to move away from those who aren't. Whether that be because of skin color or race or culture or the way people act or their socioeconomic status or their levels of education or the lifestyle that maybe we don't agree with or their viewpoints. We all say we believe that each person is a unique and unrepeatable gift of God. We all say that we are God's family, created to be His family, which makes all of us brothers and sisters. That's what we say. But is that how we actually see people? Let me suggest this, that the next time you have one of those moments where you find yourself either drawing away or ignoring someone for, for whatever reason it might be, Remind yourself that this person is God's unique and unrepeatable gift. That this is God's child. That this is a person Jesus shed his blood for. And just see if that doesn't change how you see that person. Now I want to draw your attention to how this woman approaches Jesus. Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. This pagan woman is placing herself under this Jewish king. And yet she also calls him Lord. She calls him the son of David, the Jewish king, but she also calls him Lord, something far more universal. It's as if she understands that the king of the Jews is also the king for all people. But then oddly, as, as Jesus, or as the disciples say, send her away, Jesus seems to sort of push things a little bit further. I was sent only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, I'm sent only for the Jews. But Mama Bear, she's not having any of that. She's not playing politics. She just comes and throws herself down at the feet of Jesus and begs him, Lord, help me, help me. But then Jesus seems to push the buttons even further. It's not right to take the bread of the children and throw it to the dogs. Dogs? Now, the Greek word here for dog is where we get our word canine. And you can hear the similarity between Canaanite and canine. This was a derogatory, if not racist, remark. This is how Jews saw the Canaanites. Less than them, less than human, dogs. So is Jesus a racist? Of course not. Well, then what is he doing? He's exposing it. He's exposing their attitudes. And what he's doing is he's letting this woman reveal his universal mission. Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel to the Jews. And in Matthew chapter 10, the first time he sends out his disciples, he sends them only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Israel is God's chosen people, but chosen not to the exclusion of other nations, chosen to be a light to those nations. Now, Old Testament Israel wasn't so great at that. They had failed many, many, many times. So what Jesus is doing is he's making a new Israel. This is why he chooses 12 apostles and trains them, because they're there to replace the 12 Old Testament patriarchs. And if you know the Gospel of Matthew, at the very end, he sends those 12 out and says, go and make disciples of 
all nations. It was to start with the Jews and then go out to all nations. And it's as if she gets it. She already understands this, that she is also meant to be included. And so despite all the adversity, she presses in and she says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She still is placing herself there under the lordship of King Jesus. She's willing to take anything that he would offer to her, even just the crumbs. She understands that though some would call her a dog, she still has a place at the master's table. And that's it, my friends. It's not until we all come under the lordship of King Jesus that we come to his table that we will find the peace and the unity and the harmony that we so desperately want right now. And so through then all of this difficulty and all of this struggle, she's teaching us how to pray. You want to call me a dog, Jesus? Fine. Then I'll be like a dog with a bone. And I'm not going to let go. This is why Jesus says, great is your faith. Because she wouldn't let go. She knew that even though at this particular moment Jesus was hiding his heart from her, she knew that heart. She knew his love and his kindness and his mercy, and she wouldn't let go of that. She pressed for it. She knew that even though to get a few crumbs would be amazing, actually, we all get bread. In fact, the only time, other time in Matthew's gospel that Jesus talks about himself being the bread is when he takes the bread and says, this is my body. She knew we all get the bread, that we get him because none of us are really dogs. We are all dearly loved children. Welcome to his table. And she would not let go of that. She was relentless. That's how you pray. My friends, as we're riding this crazy train and it's going off the rails, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. Many of you have heard me talk before about my dog, Shadow. He's a dumb dog. This dog drives me crazy and he annoys me. He's always there, as you can see, begging and wanting something from us, always by the side of the table. And he's a naughty, naughty dog. He, if you know what counter surfing is, right? So if there's anything left on the counter or on the table, he'll just jump right up and steal anything that's not guarded. So he's always right there. He's always by the food, by us, begging, whining, wanting something. And as much as he annoys me, and as angry as I get with this dog, it's as if he knows. It's as if he knows that I might talk tough, <laughs> but I love him. And more often than not, I'm going to throw him a scrap of something. We got to pray, friends. We got to pray the way my dog Shadow begs. We got to pray the way this woman prayed. We've got to be relentless. And when we do, when we do, then we will find faith on the crazy train. Because we will find Jesus, even if for a moment he seems hidden from us or that he's ignoring us, we will find Jesus on this crazy train. So pray and pray relentlessly 
and never let go. I'm going to give you a moment right now to to take some time in prayer to the Lord. Maybe you haven't prayed for a while or haven't been praying a whole lot. Maybe you have been praying and you feel like he's ignoring you. But go to him now and pray and pray relentlessly. Pray confident that he listens. Pray because you are his dearly loved child.